Let me start off by saying that I grew up in North St. Louis. My mom worked two jobs, while my brother and I stayed home by ourselves during the summer. I was the oldest at 16, and my younger brother, Jaron, was 12. We got along pretty well. Both of us didn't go out much or have any family outside of my mom and grandpa, who we called Pops. His home was about a 20-minute walk from ours. Occasionally, we'd go up there to check on him. He'd brought us a PlayStation 3, which was a big deal back then. We spent most of our time playing Twisted Metal and various other old-school games. We grew up in a poverty-stricken area and struggled to pay bills or put food on the table. Most nights, Mom bought us ramen or McDonald's. But Pops wasn't like that. He wanted to show us a good time. It wasn't like we weren't thankful for everything our mom did for us, because we were, but we preferred spending time with Pops. One particular day, Jaron said Pops had called and told us to come over as soon as we could. We grabbed our bikes and sped to his house until sweat poured down our foreheads. We were expecting the worst, maybe a robbery. But when we walked inside, there was Pops, sitting on his antique orange puke-colored sofa with a big smile on his face. You'll never believe what I have here, boys. He waved around three tickets in his hand. Jaron ran over to Pops and reached for the tickets. Hey Q, we're going to a theme park, he said with a smile spreading across his entire face. What? Hell no, I said in disbelief. Language, son, Pops said standing up from the course. And hell yes, I entered a contest a few months back and the tickets just came. This has to be some sort of trick, like they're going to steal our rims or something off your Cadillac. Or the whole thing altogether, I said rationally. Why you always got to be that way, Q? Jaron said in defeat. Fine, we can go, but we dip out if we see anything weird, I said. Deal. Pops, Jaron, and I hopped into his 1963 Cadillac. I was shocked to see that the invitation was located at such a ghetto area in the middle of nowhere. It was about a 40-minute drive. There ain't no ghetto-ass mother, I started to say, but Pops interrupted me. We need this kind of change, son. This theme park might raise our community out of poverty. Sure enough, the park was real. I could see the roller coasters and Ferris wheel in the background. The music from the carousel echoed throughout the parking lot. That's when I noticed the Disney logo, but something seemed off about it. The lettering was somehow distorted. The entrance was completely empty. There wasn't a person in sight except for the attendant. Welcome to Disneyland Park at St. Louis. Are you the lucky winners of the early passes? Why, yes, we are, Pop said, handing the man three tickets. Wonderful. You're going to have a magical time. When he smiled, all of his teeth were yellow, as if he hadn't brushed them in ages. He let out a big old laugh while his belly protruded from the skin-tight Disney uniform. Jaron ran straight towards the big roller coaster. Pop steadily ran after him. I'll catch up to you, I said, examining the park. From the corner of my eye, I saw two employees dressed as Mickey and Pluto. They stood perfectly still and stared at me, as if they were ready to jump me. I walked the opposite way and avoided any of the employees that I came into close contact with but I just couldn't shake the feeling that something felt off about this whole thing, or the feeling that someone was watching me.
I steadily moved forward and found a funhouse, hoping that the animatronics would be the only thing I ran into. It was Nightmare Before Christmas themed. As I walked through every room, I was greeted by different characters until I reached the last section. It was a funhouse full of mirrors. But I wasn't the only one in there. I saw a guy dressed in a Mickey costume, staring at me. I tried to reach for him, but there were too many mirrors. Finally, he spoke in a low, sunken voice. You shouldn't be here. My family was invited. We're the Whites. My grandpa won tickets. You shouldn't be here. Get out. I found my way out of the funhouse and frantically started searching for Pops and my brother. I finally found them by the large carousel. They were just watching it spin in circles. Pops, Jaren, I think we should bounce. As they turned around, I saw a look of horror on both of their faces, as if they had just seen a ghost. Pops, let's go! I yelled. Pops looked over at Jaren as tears welted from his eyes and poured down his cheeks. He grabbed Jaren by the hand, and we ran as fast as we could out of the theme park. Thank you, come again! The front attendant said, waving at us. It was quiet in the car. The three of us didn't manage to say a word as we drove back to Pops' house. Jaren and I rode our bikes back home, and he locked himself in his room. What happened? I asked, banging on his bedroom door. I was all he managed to mutter. That was the last word Jared ever muttered. He went mute after that day. It was also the last day I ever saw Pops. He died that night of a heart attack. It's been five years since that fateful day. I went back, hoping to get some clues as to what had happened to my family, but there wasn't much to be found. I knew I was in the exact location as before. This time, there was only a shell of a Disney gate, with rusted words peeling from the metal. I pushed open the gate as the rusted metal scraped against the ground. I was searching for something, anything to prove that the park ever existed, apart from the sign. But it was just nothing, like the place had vanished into thin air. In 1998, my mother got me an audition on Barney. Apparently, they were looking for immigrant children, specifically. I was pretty ecstatic at the time, because I'd always wanted to give acting a try. I was eight years old, wide-eyed and ready to make my first step into what I thought was my future career. Once reaching the set, something seemed off. I nudged my mom and pointed out that the kids seemed less than enthusiastic. They're just tired, Jillian, she said, reassuringly. I waved to some of the kids, but they ignored me. It wasn't exactly a welcoming cast. We met with the producer, who was more than enthusiastic about joining the cast of kids. I'll tell you what, Jillian. Why don't you go on set and mingle with some of the other kids while I have a talk with your mother, he said. I felt a little weary leaving without my mother. Go on, my mother said, motioning me out of the room. I opened the door and exited to the stage, where some of the kids were hanging out near the treehouse prop. Hey, I said, approaching the kids. They looked different in person, super tired and distressed. One of the girls even had a black eye. 
you should go, one of the boys said. What? Why? I asked. Just then I watched as Barney appeared from backstage. Hello, kids, he giggled. Who wants to play? The kids remained silent. Well then, why don't you introduce me to your new friend? He said, reaching out to shake my hand. I'm Jillian, I said. Well, Jillian, I sure do hope that you join us in playing a few games and singing some songs. We sure do love it here, he said, giggling louder. But the last sentence seemed rather strained. Leave, he whispered before running backstage. What was that about? I asked. I could see someone staring at us from behind one of the prop bushes. I didn't recognize him as anyone from the show, but the kids knew he was there, too. They remained quiet until the person shifted. We love it here. Everyone does, one of the girls said, forcing a smile. Just then my mom reappeared with the producer and casting director. Thank you so much. We'll be in touch, my mom said. She shooed me out of there as fast as she could. Did you notice something weird, too? I asked. She mumbled something about the pay being too low and the contract being too lengthy. It wasn't until years later, when I had turned 18, that she told me the truth. She, too, had seen the man in the bushes and recognized him instantly. He was a child sex trafficker that she'd seen on the television a few weeks back. And according to her... She thought they were drawing children in with the show and abducting them. It would explain why they were looking for so many immigrant children to guest star. It just seemed easier to get away with when the children weren't American. Basically, the entire show was a hoax. Till this day, I fear watching children's shows with my own child. I often wonder what happens behind the scenes.